changed every once in a while. Uh, you think you do, but you don't. Alright, now we're live! Hey, welcome! Hello! Hey, welcome, it's the Media Boat Podcast! Today we is... We potting. Yes, we're potting. It's April. It's April the 10th, 2019. Uh, this is episode 170, I believe. Big 170. I believe so, yes. Uh, my name is Matt. Up. His name is Mike. This is the Media Boat Podcast. This is a podcast that is about news, about media, as the name implies. Specifically movies, television, music, and video games. Not necessarily in that order, but some sort of order like that. Um, so yeah, we give you news, uh, the breaking news. We talk about what we've been watching, listening to, enjoying... Uh, we give you um, all the new releases to look forward to, all of the above and more. If you've never listened to the podcast, that is a boilerplate definition of what we do here. So, welcome. Welcome. Enjoy your stay. Thank you for tuning in. <laughs> uh, I'm Mike. He's Matt. Yes. And we talk for hours on end. <laughs> well, hopefully. Not in one show. Well. Unless you listened to our uh March Madness bracket that we did uh, this year. So every year we do kind of creative, non-sports uh, bracket of something that we love in the month of March. Uh, this year we did video games. We have officially wrapped up the main bracket uh, for the video games, uh, video game franchise bracket that we did this year. If you want to listen to those, they are on the same podcast feed. So just check us out. Just search Media Boat Podcast in your device of choice. And, uh, yeah, you'll find our, our uh, uh, recordings there. But, yeah, we went off two hours in change on our final one uh, to determine what we think was the greatest uh, video game franchise. And, boy, did we talk that. We talked a lot. We talked a lot. Uh, we're not done. We have a bonus, by the way, uh, coming up this weekend. Yes, bonus episode, just like the bonus Jonas. Yes, so tune in to find out what that is. Uh, but in the meantime, this is the Media Boat Podcast. This is our usual show, and we always start with the movies, and we always start movies with the weekend box office numbers. All right. So, uh, I called this. I called number one here. You did. But, but uh, I overshot it. <laughs> I won the under, so yes. we knew that... But you also said Pet Cemetery. Yeah. It's a, that was like an maybe. I was going to take the under no matter what, but I was okay. like, then there's a chance that this could happen. Well, that didn't happen. Uh, Shazam. Your new DC film, uh, your number one movie this week with fifty-three million dollar debut. Uh, so yeah, that's under what did you have it at seventy? Seventy. Yeah. Yep. Under seventy. Not surprising. Uh, Pet Cemetery, as we mentioned, uh, the Stephen King adaptation comes in at number two with a twenty-four point five million dollar debut. Uh, Disney's Dumbo slips to number three at eighteen million, adding to its seventy-six million dollar total. Uh, number four, Us, uh, another $13 million. That's sitting at 152 domestic. That's really, really good. And lastly, round out your top five this week, Captain Marvel uh, with another $12 million. That's at $373 million. Uh, that's just domestic, too. Yeah. So that's pretty crazy. Yeah, uh, like we said last week, it easily hit the one billion dollar mark worldwide. Easily. Yeah, that was going to happen. Yeah, like, not a, not a question. So that makes up for whatever Dumbo's going to pathetically make, I guess. Yeah, Dumbo creeping. I wonder what uh, uh, Tim Burton's thinking because this is like second in a row 
disappointing debut for a Disney film that he's directed, right? Uh, yes. Yeah. No, yes. The last one was the sequel to the Alice. Did he direct that? Yeah, I think he directed both of those, right? Okay, maybe. I think so. Now he did the first one. Correct me if I'm wrong, uh, people at home. Uh, people in the chat, correct us if we're wrong. Who directed of which, yes, Through if you're watching glass. live on YouTube right now, you can chat with us. We do read responses, so please, this is an interactive show. If you're not watching on the chat, if you're listening to this afterwards, well, don't worry. If you have questions to ask us, you can also email us. Email us at mediaboatpodcast at gmail.com. We will read those and uh, respond to them. Yes, and we'll plug all of it at the end. Yeah, I, rarely, well. I always forget to say that one, so I wanted to yes, fit the it in Gmail. Here. <laughs> while while we're while we're talking about it, in fact, it looks like we have a comment right now. Yes, hi from the airplane from the Mile High Club. Whoa, somebody in the sky is trying to talk to us. Yeah, that's pretty impressive. Um, I myself will be on an airplane in uh, just a few short days. Uh, yes, and then I'll be doing a solo. Well, I won't be doing a solo cast. I'll get someone. We'll figure something. I'll I'll, I'll drag Mark on here. You <laughs> <laughs> will see what happens. All right. Anyway, so that's your box that office the box for the office. week. So. Uh, what about new releases, you asked? What about new releases, Matt? Thank you for asking. <laughs> is, uh, coming up this week, uh, we have uh, one, two, three, four movies. Something for everybody. Four movies? Oh, four wow. Four movies. Uh, first up, After. When are you going to see this movie? Uh, after. After. It comes out. Well, you should see it after you read the book it's based on. Okay, so what's up with After? It's based off a young Hello. adult novel bestseller okay uh i have no idea what this movie is about that's all, right. all the ads are saying doing good i believe they so far teens fall in love okay or do they after one of them dies maybe i don't know uh i doubt that that's what that's about but okay all right what else is coming out this week um if that doesn't sound good uh the reboot of hellboy Ooh, you mean the re- remake reboot Reboot. I guess so. Uh, with uh, David Harbour from Stranger Things. Yes. And this is not Guillermo del Toro. This He's not involved? Or is he in production? No. Role no. At no. all? So at nothing. All. Nothing. Okay. No. Uh, but Please apparently it's soft. been getting terrible reviews, according to Ooh. the chat. Uh-oh. Yes. Great. So probably don't see Hellboy. Yes. But then again, Shazam got good reviews, and it only made 50. So, so who knows? <laughs> who knows? Uh, also out this week, Little. I'm sorry. Little. What is it? Little. Little. So little. Little. Uh, I understand that this is uh, this is kind of like reverse big. It's reverse big. Yeah, where like the woman is like makes some sort of deal with a child. No, uh, uh, or something. Uh, the CEO of a fashion thing uh-huh. is mean to a child, so the child wishes she oh, was little. Got it. And so she becomes a child, uh, an adult person in a child body. Yes. Yeah. And then the kid hits on the teacher, it's who weird. is the guy from This Is Us. So awkwardness ensues, in other words. So, yes. Uh, yeah, so awkwardness. Interesting uh, concept. Uh, we'll see how that one turns out. Uh, and then lastly, uh, for you animated film fans, the new Laika uh, movie is out this week, Missing Link, uh, where they, uh, I guess, encounter the Missing Link, the uh, uh, this evolutionary uh, step between ape and man. Yes, who happens to be Zach Val- Galifianakis. Which I already kind of knew that if anybody was going to be the Missing Link, it was Zach Galifianakis. <laughs> anyway, uh, it's him. Uh, <laughs> it also stars Zoe Saldana and okay. Huge Jackman. All right. 
uh, in leading voices as this is an animated stop motion animation film. Cool. But yes, yeah, Laika always does good stuff. I'm cautiously optimistic because yeah. while I like what Laika does, I don't like find it. anything well, good about this concept. Yeah, the trailers haven't been too impressive so far, but the studio did bring you Kubo and the Two Strings. Yeah, and that was surprisingly so, great. <laughs> yeah, so who the hell knows? I bet this ends up being fine. Uh, so yeah, those are your movies this week. Excited? That's quite a roundup of films. I have no idea what's going to win out. That's it for new releases. Did you see any movies before we go into uh, movie news? I saw Ant-Man and the Wasp continuing my Marvel deconstruction leading up into Endgame. Okay. You're deconstructing these films? Yes, I'm deconstructing these things (laughs) for my doctor. Deconstructed Marvel films? Yes. Like the pieces of them (laughs) are on the plate. but Well, currently they are in pieces. Yeah. Thanks, Thanos. Ah. Ah. <laughs> well, I did not see any new movies this week, so we can go right into news. All right, and we'll start with something, well, kind of a follow-up, I guess. Yeah, so we talked about this when they announced that this was going to be a thing. The Criterion Channel. Uh, Criterion Collection. Channel, yes. Well, yes, channel. Channel. If you're familiar with Criterion Collection, that means you have a lot of uh, disposable income. But also, you must be a fan of um, collecting classic movies. They are, of course, the, like, premium um, disc versions of classic movies packaged with never-before-seen interviews, documentaries, uh, commentaries. But they basically pack in... Like, all, like, these special, like, and it's supposed to be, like, the best print of these classic movies possible. So that company, or at least the brand, is now bringing you a streaming service called the Criterion Channel. The streaming service is up and running. Um, after, if you remember, the previous domain that used to run in its place, Filmstruck, was halted. Yeah. They basically shut Filmstruck down and then said, don't worry, we're going to be doing something called the Criterion Channel. It's going to be basically the same thing. And here we are, uh, six months later, I guess. Some, yeah, something like that. Yeah, because like the end of last year, they struck it down. They film struck it down. Yeah, so like it's very exciting. Yes, uh, uh, we figure this is what they should have been doing the entire time, but now they they see there's actual a market for this. Um, hey, uh, for those of you who love Criterion collections and old films, or for those of you in film school who need a way to watch all these films. <laughs> this is a yeah. good way to do it. Uh, real quick, uh, catch up with the chat. Uh, a chatter just asked, uh, like, thought that when you said that it was going to be someone from This Is Us, that they got really excited thinking it was going to be Sterling K. Brown, and were disappointed that it wasn't. No, it's the white guy. <laughs> it's the white guy. No. Not as excited. If it was Sterling K. Brown, I would say it's Sterling, it's K. Sterling Brown, K. Brown. Not the guy from This Is Us. <laughs> <laughs> it's fair. Because I know who Sterling K. Brown is. But anyway, so, uh, so the Criterion Channel, the site will hold. More than 1,000 films and hundreds of special features and even original programming. There is a 14-day free trial, which afterwards would charge you $10.99 a month or an annual fee of $100 a year. Which, $100 is usually what you pay for the Criterion Collection anyways? I mean, getting there, especially like the multi-disc combos. Right. Generally, like a movie is not going to throw you that much. It's going to be closer to 40. No, but I think for the collections, they usually do like 100 films. Um, Yeah. Like, for a hundred dollars, <laughs> that's a lot. But yeah, this is thousands of films for yeah. 
hundred dollars a year. Uh, in case you're wondering what you could play this on, the what could I play available. this on? Oh, well, thank you. Uh, we can't do that every time. I know. Uh, the channel <laughs> is available on Apple TV, Amazon Fire, Roku, iOS, and Android. It is not at launch, at least, available on Xbox One or PlayStation Four. So if you have a video game console and you're excited to use it on there. So far, no dice. You have to wait until at least they announce an app for those platforms. But they are working on it. Uh, as for the Switch version, no word. Silence. Well, yeah, no. Like, the Switch is a harder sell because it's so much of a portable. Yeah. And so, yeah, it took forever for freaking YouTube to get on the Switch. It took forever for like Netflix. last <laughs> month, I think, is when they finally put right. YouTube on the Switch. So, yeah. Don't hold your breath, is what I'm saying. All right. Uh, our next story is um, about a... Uh, a, a duo. A duo that's uh, at least uh, going creatively their separate ways. Yes. Um, so, the Mexican standoff. Um, okay. Yeah. I don't know how you want to put that. <laughs> Miss, Miss your Senor Gary Sanchez will uh, be leaving. Because they have, uh, let's put it this way, they're butt-fumbling their, their, their way out of this relationship. Uh, you could say that they're kicking and screaming their way out of it. <laughs> That's the better there joke. That's the better worries. joke. Working off the of Sanchez. Anyways, <laughs> uh, so yes, uh, this makes no sense to any of the initi- uninitiated. We're talking about Will Ferrell and Adam McKay, who, for the last uh, decade and extra, I guess you could say, yeah. uh, have been working together in a creative relationship under the uh, brand- under the name Gary Sanchez Productions. They put out some movies. They produce some television shows. Um, what would be the most notable thing that came out of this? Probably Anchorman, right? Uh, Anchorman, uh, Step Brothers, mm-hmm. um, Talladega Nights. Yeah. Anything starring Will Ferrell? Elf, I think, is the first one under it. Or was the first film that they did together, mm-hmm. Adam McKay and Will Ferrell? Okay. Uh, but those two actually met back on SNL. Right. Yes, they do do have DNA going back to SNL. In fact, so here's the story. So yes, uh, Will Ferrell and Adam McKay have mutually decided to branch out separately and refocus their creative efforts. They will continue to see through their existing projects to completion and develop them with the attached producers. As you said, the duo met when they were hired the same day on Saturday Night Live back in 1995 and 10 years later formed Gary Sanchez Productions. Uh, After that, they started the viral comedy site Funny or Die, which has now become kind of its own thing. Yeah, uh, without it's Adam McKay, self-running, right? Yeah, uh, they were. They were. Will of course remain close friends, but the creative endeavors have already kind of taken them in different directions. As you well know, Adam McKay has now become a big shot director and screenwriter in Hollywood, uh, with uh, directing the Big Short and Vice uh, most recently. Uh, Academy Award nominated both of Big them. Short and yes. Academy Award nominated Vice. And Will Ferrell uh, pro- looks like has the shorter end of the stick uh, because his uh, endeavors without McKay have been the total bombs, Daddy's Home and Watson and Holmes. I believe those are his last two films. <laughs> yes, and both of them. Oh, that's, that's Daddy's Home 2, by the way. That's a Sorry, sequel. Yes. Both Daddy's Homes, yes. I guess. And Watson Holmes. So, yeah. Uh, I don't know about Will Ferrell's choice in scripts is, I guess, what this means. Is that maybe he <laughs> needs to be a little bit more uh, discretionary than he has been. Maybe he'll take uh, more serious roles, less comedic, what was more the last dramatic. Thing, like, what was the last thing? Was that Everything Must Go? 
when it was like, oh, Will Ferrell's doing a serious role. Was that Everything Must Go? No, you're thinking yeah. of Stranger Than Fiction. No, this was after that. This was after that? Yeah. Okay, maybe it was. Yeah, I think that Everything Must Go was the last time he tried that. Okay. Yeah, Stranger Than Fiction was before that. Right. Um, but yeah, uh, who knows what the future has in store for either of them. And McKay, probably more Oscars. Will Ferrell, I don't know. He'll probably host SNL again. Uh, speaking of hosting SNL, uh, Adam Sandler will be hosting SNL ooh. for the first time. Oh, boy. Wait, that hasn't happened? That has not happened. That is insane. He has not been back since he left. Wow. I just assumed he had been at this by this point. Right? It's been like, tw- yeah. No. It's crazy. Yeah. All right. Uh, that's it for that story. So, I understand. Um, according to these notes... You lied to me earlier, and then you did, and you did watch a movie. I did watch a movie. Yes, I'm guessing this is on a streaming service. Uh, yes, uh, this is not a film in theaters, Uh-oh. but it is a film on Netflix. Okay, called The Unicorn Store. I want to buy a unicorn. Uh, you can buy this unicorn. Uh, has it stars and directed by Brie Larson. This okay, so I I have heard of this. Okay, you have heard of this because this is all over the Twitter sphere, right? I but I haven't this. actually heard anything about it. All I've heard is like people are like, oh yeah, Brie Larson's involved. Yeah, she is. And it's like it. That's all I've heard. Yeah, she is. So what is this? Uh, Brie Larson's involved. Okay, but what is this? I'm not sure. You watched it. Yes, I watched it. I bet my, <laughs> my I'm not sure is I watched it. I understood it. I'm not sure what I was trying to get at. It's, it's partly a growing up film. but it's like then coming of age like, You're coming to the age when you're 30? Okay. I mean, hey, sir, some people do. Yeah. Late bloomers, we call. Uh, I guess uh, so that's what this is. Is Brie Larson in this? She stars in it, yes. Okay, so she's the lead. She's the lead. So it's uh, Sam Jackson is also in this. Oh, okay. So their second collab of 2019. Yes. So what, again, what is this? I keep asking you. You're not answering. What? What is Brie Larson in this movie? What's happening to her? Brie Larson is a dropout... Uh, art student okay. who, by her parents, is forced to get a job, a boring job in HR. Of course. Yes. Uh, but being the creative type she is, she is magically offered a unicorn by Sam Jackson. Oh, okay, so Samuel L. Jackson wanders in and is like, here, pre buy this unicorn off of me? No, not magic, no. She doesn't want her... He... <laughs> magically gives her an envelope somehow. I don't know somehow. how you're using the word magic here. It is magic because it, <laughs> the envelope literally appears out of nowhere. All right. So magically, she uh, Brie Larson gets this envelope addri- specifically addressed to her to come to the store, the unicorn store, where Got Sam it. Jackson is prepared to offer a unicorn to Brie Larson if she can prove herself okay. to be worthy of a unicorn. That's why I say it's weird. Okay, so... This is a weird film. Alright. Is it funny? Is it a comedy? Ah! Uh, no, it's more serious. There's comedy elements. Brie it's Larson serious? wears... Brie Larson wears a ton of goofy outfits. Okay. So it's like part comedy. The dialogue is snappy, but it's also like super serious in terms of... Right. Like... Trying to emphasize the themes of like growing up being an adult but also like having your own identity and being yourself gotta be honest you're kind of selling me on this okay yeah it's weird <laughs> it sounds kind of cool yeah it's a weird like, film I kind of right. dig it but it also kind of like 
breaks a lot of rules. Uh-huh. It is our first time directing it. Uh-huh. But it breaks a lot of rules that it sets up in-universe. Oh, okay. Um, There's not a lot of in-film logic. No. Okay. Uh, especially, I mean, you're dealing with a unicorn. Oh, well, yeah. Like, that's the thing, though, is I feel like as soon as you introduce a unicorn, all bets are off. Yeah, right? like, it is. It's just like, there are magical things happening in this universe. Yes. But there's also, like, super serious things happening in this universe. Mm. I was just and talking also, to someone There's also about... no real definitive ending with it either. Okay. Because I was just talking to somebody uh, recently about my my problem with, like, when things get too magical realist, mm-hmm. which is, like, if they're too serious, it's just not fun. Does this have that problem? Uh, not until the very end, but by then uh, there's, like, ten minutes left. All right. Well, okay. If that. Okay. Well, this is interesting. I might actually check this out. Yeah. We'll, it's, it's we'll a, see. It's a pretty good film. It's on Netflix. It was made for Netflix by Netflix to Netflix. For from, Netflix. From Brie Larson. Made of Netflix's. Uh, Brie Larson didn't write it. She just directed it and started it. Okay. And produced it. So everything but. Yes, everything but. All right. Okay, so Unicorn Store. Anything else before we move on into television? Uh, the trailer for um, The Lion King, the official yeah. first trailer, is out. Um a lot more glimpses at the other characters. Yes. However, you still don't see them actually talk. No. It's still voiceovers. Uh, James Earl Jones is back in it, uh, sounding a lot more older, a lot more wiser. Well, yeah. He's also the only returning cast member for it. Uh-huh. Um, oh, also, uh, I, as of, like, yesterday, I am staying off of the internet, like... Uh-huh. Avenger anything related to the Avengers. Oh, yeah. You're because spoilers are starting to leak out. Yes. Um, as the film literally is a couple days several days away. Twenty yeah. ish. Well actually we're less than twenty, I think. It's uh yeah, within the month now. Yeah. We're eighteen days away. Fifteen. Fifteen. We're two weeks. We're two weeks away. Two weeks. From Avengers Endgame. Uh, as such, the Avengers themselves will be hosting Jimmy Kimmel and going on there and showing clips and basically doing a bunch of PR stuff. The actual film, however, has not had its premiere yet. Its premiere will be uh, the 22nd. Okay. That week leading up to its worldwide premiere. All right. Well, we'll see what happens when we get there. Yeah, but uh, as it is kind of like winding down, um, spoilers are out there. At least I assume they're spoilers. They're like... From the person who was on the actual set. From the person who did the actual VFX. It's like, these guys huh. know what they're actually doing. Okay. All these are, of course, in big, huge air quotes yeah. because <laughs> the internet and right. Reddit and right. 4chan and all the other... Uh, the dark corners. Dark corners of the web. So just stay, stay clear of the darkness. Which is really my advice for anybody who goes onto the internet. Stay clear of the darkness. Yeah. It's also a good uh, life model as well. Yeah. Yeah. Bad things happen in darkness. That's why it's the darkness. Turns out. That's yes. Why, that's why they call it that. No, that's not why they call it that. <laughs> All right, let's uh, move on then to television. We always start television with sports. All right, we have a lot of sports to get through here. First up, we have the we have wrapped up the college basketball madness. Madness is over. Everybody can turn sane now. Yes, everyone was let loose from uh, yes. the sanctorum. Man, the mania is over as Virginia has won the men's tournament, and Baylor has won the women's tournament. Yes. Uh, One year ago, Virginia made it to the finals and lost a horrific defeat. Well, this was a shining moment. This 
Yes. <laughs> Damn it, you took the word right after my mouth. They got the I redemption. To you did the shining moment joke. Yes, yeah, so I said they got their redemption, they got their one shining moment. They got their one shining moment. Damn it. So this is, you did it to me finally. Yeah. I, did, I, did. I, I got the I got the you got the joke before me. <laughs> also in sports, uh, the the AAF, which you you have I guess gotten autocorrected as the FAA here. Nope, not the FAA. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not the FAA. The AAF, that was that alternative football league that tried to start this year. Has officially closed due to financial reasons. Yes, financially being, they couldn't pay their players. The dream is over. However, the dream is not over as the XFL will still be Who happening next cares? year. Moving on. Next year. WrestleMania happened. Speaking of the XFL. Apparently people really enjoyed it. It was a good show this year. Some um, underdogs finally won the championship. Yes. Uh, some technical snafus. Uh happened but other than that though i heard it was a very entertaining year yes um it was fine i mean i i enjoyed it i enjoyed I mean, though, watching for it. those who, who are the, probably more inv- invested in wrestling than here at the media book podcast they probably had a lot more fun than we, we yeah did. well this is like watching the super bowl once a year it is it is it's the super bowl of wrestling wait isn't the super bowl also once a year yes but okay it's a super so it is bowl exactly like that yes. because they're the same yes got it uh, <laughs> sure, logic <laughs> Yes, logic uh, But next year, uh, they've announced it will be in Tampa Bay Yes, uh, they started playing a severe rip-off of Pirates of the Caribbean As oh, they renounced it Got to, you have to Well, because it's in the Tampa Bay uh, Stadium oh. Where the big pirate ship is Oh, where they the, got that big ship Where the Buccaneers oh, play they wrestle on the That's ship. why it's Tampa Oh, they gotta wrestle on that They gotta ship. wrestle on it you have a, When you have a big ship, you wrestle on it You gotta Everybody do that, that. Yep uh, Jersey, yes. It was in Jersey this year in uh, MetLife Stadium. Yeah. And Colin Jost and Michael Che were there. Why? Because Colin Jost, I don't know why. Because SNL. But uh, Colin Jost wore the n- really recently new Browns OBJ jersey into oh, the stadium. Oh, boy. I bet he did. Of course he did. Of course he did. And he, uh, he got the reaction he wanted. Yeah. I mean, like... I guess that, that I don't know. I saw I saw a tweet. I was almost gonna rip off this joke, but I probably should like say it was about mine. I saw a tweet that was like, "Well, I finally have something in common with the with the with wrestling fans. We both hate Colin Jones." <laughs> <laughs> anyways, um, anyways, uh, Drax the Destroyer was in there, and he got destroyed. Ah, you sent me a picture of Dave Batista getting uh, uh, what was it getting? Took taken out of a his nose face. Ring a nose ring ripped out of his face with pliers. <laughs> That's what wrestling is now. That's <laughs> where we are apparently. Anyways, uh, moving on though. Speaking of Jersey. Oh yeah, we're not done yet. The New Jersey Devils suck, and that's why in the the NHL no. season is over, and they will be they're getting the first pick in next year's draft. Uh, they don't suck. They got lucky. <laughs> they, had a, they had a 12% chance of getting the first pick, uh-huh. and they got it. So, uh, so, the, um, yeah. uh, the other teams who suck that I care about, the uh-huh. LA Kings, <laughs> got the fifth pick, uh-huh. and the Anaheim Ducks yes. got the ninth pick, or eighth pick, eighth so, or ninth. So who is going on to your playoff picture? You don't have this here, but I'm assuming you know. Um, yeah. uh, every other team. <laughs> Thank you for that wonderful <laughs> sports reporting, as always. I'm not going to care about NHL. The hockey is different. I know your team's not in it, but out of curiosity. 
I'll I'll report back on okay. that. Um, right, yeah, playoffs will for playoffs? that. Hockey playoffs will start this week. Yes. 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 Adam, you your Jersey team gets the number one pick. Yeah. Uh, they they lose for Hughes, <laughs> as we say. <laughs> they lost for Hughes. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I can't really do it the other way. No. No, you can't. <laughs> Alright, moving out of hockey, basketball is also over. Uh, The playoffs are upcoming for that as well. Uh, Yeah, I think that final game of the regular season is this weekend, and then they'll start playoffs. Also ending, the NBA's relationship with Magic Johnson as president of basketball, dot, 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 operations. Of the Lakers. Yeah, when I saw this on Twitter, it just said... (laughs) Magic Johnson resigns as president of basketball? Yeah, it cuts off. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was the funniest headline. So I tweeted about it. But yeah, uh, no. The president of basketball operations of the Los Angeles Lakers. Yes. Uh, he'll be In a st- hilarious speech. He will be stepping down. If I 100% recommend everybody listening to this, if they have not already, go watch the speech, his resignation it's speech. It's great. I don't know what the hell is wrong with that man, but it's hilarious. Uh, apparently, he signed LeBron thinking he'd get them to the playoffs. Yeah, so much for that. Yeah. Uh, so, no, the Lakers now become not just Jeannie Buss's team, but LeBron's team. It's LeBron's as, team. as their coaches, like the entire coaching staff, will probably be fired minutes after the final game. If not Yay! seconds. I love basketball. <laughs> All right, next uh, up, though. Uh, but because like basketball things, is ending, we yeah, have... if you like things slower than basketball, much, much slower, okay, where are you going? You the Masters one. are this weekend. No, you missed one. I did not. Yeah, you did. Where did I miss it? Oh, I did. Yeah. Um, so, um, Magic Johnson is leaving basketball, but he's not the only one basically retiring from basketball. As one... Tyler, cool out No. No. Uh, Dirk Nowitzki <laughs> will be retiring, um, or is retiring, has retired, announced his retirement at the end of the season. But also Dwayne Wade. He's actually been going around doing a trading of the jerseys with current players, um, giving his jersey away and taking players' jerseys who he admires yeah. uh, for his own collection. And Budweiser. <laughs> Okay. Actually, put out a really touching five-minute video that you should all watch. Um, it literally brought me to tears. It's beautiful to Aww. watch. Uh, but yes, Budweiser, bring me I to love tears. When brands make me cry. I know it's the best. It makes me want to buy the product more than just a regular ad. Ugh, disgusting. All right, <laughs> but yeah, it's a. Uh, I think it's titled like "Here's to Three, or oh no, this one's for three or something like that. Okay. But yeah, uh, watch that on YouTube. It's very touching and moving. Uh, yeah, I cried on that watching okay. it. Or I, I teary eyed watched it. Fair enough. That's it for sports. Um, oh, Baseball yeah. continues. Yes. And this weekend is the Masters. Yeah, Get your uh, drafts in. Yeah. Uh, wow, yeah. that's a lot of sports. Yeah, ba- baseball continues. There's no real breaking news about that, but yeah. Nope. Baseball continues to be baseball. Yeah. All right. That means we're done with sports, which means we can move on Whew. to proper television news. All right. First up, we got some Disney news. Okay. So, as we know, Disney Plus is coming. Yes. At some point. Sometime. 
Question mark. TBA. Yes. TBD. Uh, but when it does, we'll have another show. This time, an animated show. I was wondering how long it would take to get an animated show announced. Well, we're finally here. And it's a uh, TV spinoff based, of, based off of a lot of people's favorite Pixar film. Guess that Pixar film. I mean, you wrote this, but... Toy Story. If you didn't know... No, it's not Toy Story. Really? They have, like, shorts for it yep. built out. Well, no, it's not getting a series. What is getting a series, though? Uh, is uh, Inside Out. No. Damn it. Um, that would be way better. No, instead... <laughs> Cars. Uh, no. That would be way too predictable. I know. No, instead, it is Monsters, Inc. Uh, it's getting a show called Monsters at Work. Uh, they've gotten the original voice talent back. John Goodman is Sully. Billy Crystal is Mike Wazowski. John Ratzenberger as the Yeti which is weird because that was like a one-scene part. Jennifer Tilly is Celia, and Bob Peterson is Roz. They'll all be returning to lend their voices alongside newcomers Ben Feldman, who you can see is in Superstore, Kelly Marie Tran, who, of course, was in The Last Jedi, Henry Winkler. Yes, of all that people. Henry Winkler. Aisha Tyler. Yes, that Aisha Tyler. And Alana Erbach, who was in Coco. Yes, uh, they got some heavy hitters behind this yeah, series. Yeah, it's very exciting. Uh, the show will pick up six months after the original movie and follow an eager and talented mechanic who dreams of working on the laugh floor alongside Mike and Sully. Yes, so they no longer do New screams. Character. They do laughter. Yes. Uh, as noted, or spoiler alert, from the first film, I guess. But, eh. Anyways, that, that, that film is fi over 15 years old. Wow. Yeah, the, the people have seen it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, uh, so yeah, Disney is set to announce plans for the streaming platform, by the way, during an investor's presentation tomorrow, so Thursday, oh, 11th. So stay tuned. Um, I mean, unfortunately, uh, you have to learn this news from an investor's call, but afterwards, I, I'm sure you'll see headlines. I'm sure someone will be tweeting it out. Someone yeah. will be putting it in news articles, CNET probably. Yeah, you'll probably see a headline tomorrow. I'm hoping that this uh, is a, a, a launch date and also uh, pricing. Uh, That's what I want to see. This is shareholder, so it's probably... Yeah. Well, we know it's in the fourth quarter. It's got to be financial stuff, which would be launch and pricing. Well, I don't know, because Marvel... Or they, they've been doing investors meetings this entire week, which is why they showed like the first 20 minutes to their investors, which is why there's spoilers out there right, okay. for Avengers Endgame. I don't know. I'll be disappointed if we don't have some sort of price point tomorrow. Uh, I can see them saying this is everything that we are currently working on and in production. I could see them doing, okay. if it's going to be like Disney Plus specific, yeah. uh, The Mandalorian. Right. I can see them saying um, this is what's in development for the Marvel stuff. Right. Um, this, obviously. And whatever else spinoffs they have of the Disney stuff. Right. To basically call the investors saying like, we have all this stuff that is a surefire going to get people to watch. Alright, well, we'll see. I'm not so confident on, like, yeah. price point or date yet. I hope so. Uh, that Criterion price point of 10.99, I think that would be the perfect number for them. Yeah. By the way. That's my opinion. Also, uh, just real briefly before we finish up uh, uh, this story, while we're on the subject of uh, uh, pricing for the, the pricing. streaming services... Um, I got word today that YouTube television, uh, their live TV offering, is also getting a price bump. Okay. They will also be moving up to $50 a month. So for, for live TV. For the live TV package. That means that all of them are now $50 or more. None of them are under that, are, are, are at that 40-something 
price point that we saw them all launch at. I think PlayStation views base. Yeah, is like maybe sub like maybe by five bucks. Uh, maybe by five bucks. But yeah, I guess it's because they made some sort of deal with the Discovery Networks. Yeah, YouTube did, and so the, the, they're going to get more networks, but they had to subsidize that by raising prices. Nah, it's five bucks more. Still sucks. Yeah. All right. Uh, next up in television news, of course, it's the moment you've all been waiting for this weekend. Game of Thrones is back on HBO. Whoop, whoop. Who's going to sit? Who's going to sit? The final season begins Sunday, but uh, guess what? The author, uh, George R. R. Martin, uh, doesn't think it should be the last. Because uh, he never ends anything, right? Uh, yeah. Ah, book joke. He, he doesn't, yeah, he doesn't know how to end stuff. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, uh, the show is about to end its story after eight seasons, 73 episodes, when all is said and done. However, we know this isn't really the end. There are five potential spinoffs in the works, and one of them is already gearing up for production. In an interview with Martin, he noted that several characters have died in the show that are still alive in the books, and vice versa. George R. R. Martin, who of course wrote the first book way back in 1996, hasn't released a new book in eight years. Yeah. Uh, the upcoming book, The Winds of Winter, will only be the seventh entry in the series. Yes. Uh, he has no endgame, uh, yeah. unlike the actual TV show, yeah. which is why last season they kind of they officially caught wheels. up to the books. Yeah. They caught up to the books and had to write their own stories. Right. Um, basically, this is now how the writers of the show would like it to end. They do have some notes from George R. R. Martin, but probably not like the specifics. Right, right. You can't lead them in any direction. Right. But also, the show... like. For those of you who say the books are better than the show, when a new book comes out, I'll let you know, but yeah. we have a complete end cap, end parentheses, yeah. here's everything in a series. And for me, the the finality of it will make it complete more than this, oh, maybe he'll eventually finish the book. Well, uh, the ball starts rolling again on Sunday. Yes. That dragon emerges from the ice and starts killing people on Sunday. Or, I guess it or the kid will, the Aria ice, will start stabbing people on yeah, Sunday. Stabbing continues. Incest or continues on big Sunday. Big war scenes will start happening. Um, anyway, just as a being pointy. Yeah, just as a note, um, <laughs> there are only going to be six episodes. Uh-huh. Three directors. They're all extra long, and they're each an hour and a half long. Woo! Roughly, so give or strap take. in like for movie night. Oh, these are movie theatrical level <laughs> present presentations here. So. so they're also theatrical level budgets. Uh-huh. Um, as we've noted before, the three directors are the show creators, DB Weiss and uh, the other guy. Yeah, that dude. Uh, Dave Dave Damon Benioff. Yeah. Uh, the guy who directed Battle of the Bastards. Uh-huh. And the guy who directed uh, the Battle of Blackwater. Those are three of the biggest battles, or I, well, those two are the biggest battles ever put to the screen. Also, your Emmy winners. And your Emmy winners. <laughs> Which is key. Yeah. You're going after that. And it's your series that. creators as well. Alright. So, there's six episodes, but they're going to be like pristine six yeah. episodes. This is quality over quantity you want here. Well, we think. We haven't seen them yet. Let's not... Get too ahead of ourselves. No, let's not count our dragon eggs before they hatch here. Right. Well, I'll say this. Normally, it's ten episodes, but they gave up, on, or they didn't give up with it. They conceded. They gave up the, on it. They conceded, oh, yeah, whatever. They conceded the ten episodes to focus on just six episodes. Yeah. 
So yeah. Uh, and uh, one episode will be the largest scale battle in existence. It took a month to shoot it. We'll find out uh, what happens on Sunday. So get excited or got excited. Got uh, it. Got. All right. That's it for television news. All right. Did you watch any television? You have one thing down here. Yes. You finished another season. Quality Sterling K. Brown Entertainment. Yes. Speaking of Sterling K. Brown <laughs> and that guy from This Is Us. Uh-huh. Uh, this, this is, is us. the finale of This Is Us. All right. So you've slogged through another season. Yes. Did, how much did you cry? How much did I cry? Like Not overall as... tops. Like what's your number? Uh, I think <laughs> one episode I got teary-eyed, but I didn't like cry like I did in the first two seasons. According to the series showrunner, this is the midpoint. We're halfway through with what he considers to be the story he wants to tell. Alright. Which means we have about two to three more seasons left of This Is Us. That put it at six. Um, it's it's still got me. I, I'm still going to watch it. Uh, it's kind of reaching that tipping point of now this is becoming a chore rather than <laughs> I'm learning stuff and I want to see what happens to these characters. That's where, that's where I'm at with Riverdale, so welcome to the club. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but when it comes back, I'm going to watch it. But, you know, that's that's a fall premiere. Um, it's it's worth still worth watching. If you want to catch up on Hulu, please do. Um, talking specifically to you, Doctor, if you want to watch it. But also anyone else, it's on Hulu um, because NBC. It's fine. Um, <laughs> uh, the, like, the first two seasons are like quality television. It's I just feel. funny because people who can who have been and long viewers of our show probably can rewind the tape to the first season where you're talking so highly of it, like how amazing it was. Yeah. And just now to hear you just go, it's fine. Well, because it's hit a stride. It's hit its yeah, own. It peaked. It's hit its own, um, I guess we want to say peak, <laughs> its own routine. You realize that what they're showing you isn't really the whole story of what they're showing you. Um, they're doing flash fo- more fl- flash forwards now than flashbacks. Yeah. Uh, they're trying new stuff, but it's not super engaging. Fair enough. Uh, right. th- it's kind of losing that lack of mystery of what's going to happen. It's too bad. Yeah. I hope, it, I hope it finds it again. All right. Anything else? Mm. Any new television? Mm, uh, what? Season yeah, two of Sabrina's no. out. I have not watched any of it yet. I saw that is out. Um, no, I don't think so. In terms of me watching yeah. ser- serialized television. Yeah, nothing. Nope. Um, oh, I did watch a little bit of Star vs. the Forces of Evil. Are you caught up? No. I'm only like four episodes <laughs> in. <laughs> yeah, because there were another two. They've been doing two episodes, and with that show, that really means four episodes right. every week. Oh, by the way, speaking of that, yeah. what's up with the Sunday at 8 a.m. time slot? I don't know. That is weird. They send it, to, I think they, they programming-wise, they were like, where do we put this? It's like they're just going to put it out there, and if you want to watch it, you'll record it. Otherwise... They probably look at the numbers and probably realize how much of their audience just streams it. Yeah, streams it or records it. It's the Cartoon Network problem, which is like those shows are so like serialized at this point that they can't... The network wants to just replay them all the time, Mm -hmm. but the network can't replay something that won't make any sense to viewers coming into it 
blind. Right. It's, it'd be the the firefly effect. And so yeah, it's that it's that same problem. And so yeah, the networks don't have a way to solve that problem. Mm-hmm. And so they just give up and basically put them in death slots when they actually air, and then don't tell you when they're scheduled or bomb them. And then expect most of the views to come from there. Right, well, because it's a cartoon. Expect yeah. they expect it to be one-offs. That's why Cartoon Network plays nothing but freaking Teen Titans Go because it's the only show in their stable that they can reliably pl- replay. Right, it's one-offs. Yeah, you don't need a. Yeah. You don't really know where they where in the story they are. But anyway, Star remains to be good. Yep. Uh, so yeah, check that out. All right, that's it. All right. Um, uh, oh, yes, one last thing okay. in TV, as I'm currently thinking about it, um, because it is 7 o'clock-ish, yeah, and have... that means Jeopardy time. And if you have not signed up yet, tomorrow, hopefully you're listening to this, uh, is the last day to um, sign up for the Jeopardy online test. Yes, yes. Have, I've have already happening. signed up. I've already taken the test. Hopefully I get a call. Hopefully. Uh, the test, I feel, was um, both hard, challenging, and some of it easy. It's, it's a variety. It's a mix. Uh, I feel like I got half right, like I knew. The other half was like, oh, I know this, but it's like kind of tailing in, and you only get 15 seconds to answer. Yeah. That's always what I And you got to type it out. That's yeah, it's a pain. Yeah. That's how they weed out the bad people. Oh, you calling me bad? No. Okay. Yes, maybe. <laughs> All right, uh, that does it for television uh, me- news, which means we go into now cancellations and renewals. All right, what am I no longer watching? Well, Netflix is bringing back After Life for a second season. I think that's After Comma Life? Well, you do not have the comma. Okay, maybe just be After Life. After Life. That's what it would be. I, how I would have read that with comma. Okay. Uh, Better Call Saul uh, is coming back to AMC, but it will be delayed... Uh, it's season five premiere will be delayed to 2020. So no Better Call Saul episodes, at least new episodes, in 2019. Uh, probably expect that as a January 2020 um, release. Like, bringing the new year, leading up to, with it, Better Call Saul, and then the premiere of new Better Call Saul yes. episodes. And then lastly, in renewals, no cancellation this week, Amy, AB, AM, AMC is also bringing back Killing Eve for a season, a third season of that show. Uh, yes, Sandra O oh just won Best Actress for that show, so makes sense. Yeah, makes sense. Although I didn't know that was an AMC show. I thought that was a BBC and BBC thing. Yeah, I didn't know that either. You, this may be a typo then. Let's say no, BBC well, America. Okay. <laughs> well, I looked it up and it said on AMC. Maybe they've been replaying it on. AMC? Maybe. Maybe that's Maybe what I some saw. sort of distribution. I don't know. But those are your renewals. Uh, deaths we have four, unfortunately. Um, First up, Barry Malkin, age 80, film editor, are responsible for, among others, The Godfather Part 2, Big, and Rumblefish. There's some good, we just good films. Just Big. Yeah. Uh, Roberta Haynes, age 91, actress, was in uh, things including Return to Paradise, High Noon, and Gun Fury. Uh, Jim Glazer, age 82, country music artist, uh, responsible for You're Getting to Me Again. And Marilyn Smith, age 89, a Hall of Fame golfer. She was a champion back in 1963 and 1964. Ooh, that's quite a while ago. So there you go. All right. All right. That does it for deaths, which means we move now into music. And I hand this over to you. Yes, and we start music, or the Billboard, with the Billboard charts. And we start do. Billboard. Weird week the at the Billboards this week. I know, because uh, I called this. I said 
uh, Ariana Grande would not be at the number one slot. Right, but I don't think you would have ever seen this song coming. No. I, to- I had to tell you about this existing. Wait, you told me about this song? Yes, I did. When did you tell me about this song? <laughs> after the podcast, or not like after the podcast directly, but like a few days. The last time I saw you, I think then on Saturday. On Saturday? Yeah. I think I mentioned this to you, and you told me you hadn't heard about this. I haven't heard about this. But I did actually had a conversation with my brother today as I was driving up okay. here about this. Yes. About All right. is this country or not? Tell the people what we're talking about. Okay, so we're talking about Old Town Road by <laughs> Lil Nas X. Lil Nas X. I want to believe it's a... Nas like, X. Like Nas, like the rapper. Okay. Lil Nas X. So, he's a rapper. Um, but this is a... But for all intents and purposes, this is a country song. It is I, I don't know if this is a country track song. song. I don't know if this is a country song. So, okay. So, we are having a fun time with this. Here's my question for you. What denotes a country song? What are the required elements of a country song? You gotta lose your house, lose your dog, lose your wife. No. No. <laughs> no, I mean like... Okay, it's gotta be about drinking. It's gotta be yeah. about um, boating. It's gotta be about... <laughs> I feel like you're defining a modern country song, not... Yeah. Like, okay, anyways, what I'm getting at, <laughs> we're wasting time. I know. Uh, but what I'm getting at is this song is about... A horse. Wandering around on your horse. Yeah. What's less, what what's, could be more country than that? It's thematically very country. Yes. It just happens to not be the kind of person that they play on country radio, so as, a.k.a. not a white man. Well, Darius Rucker says hi. Yeah. <laughs> Also, Cowboy Troy, remember him? Yes. He says hi. Yes. Uh, the Bigger Blacker Tour says hi. <laughs> yes. But anyways, so yes, there's been much discussion on the internet about like why this isn't being played in country radio. I guess that's why this is number one, as people will tune in, like, what is this thing? And yeah, and then like, I guess it got co-signed by a country star uh, this week, uh, by uh, Billy, Ray Billy Ray Cyrus, Cyrus jumping on the track in a special version. Yes, a remix version. Yeah, I hesitate to say remix, but yeah, he jumps on a verse or two. Yes. And yeah, uh, as to kind of lead, uh, uh, lend his own like signature on it. Basically saying, nah, I think this is legit. Like, I'm going to show you that this is, this is legit kind of thing. And yeah, I got enough people talking about it where, yeah, it's like very, like, huge hit right now. Number one streaming song. So yeah, um, it has the rhythm and the um, was it like the A B A B sonnet style beat rhythm? Not not beat rhythm, but the um, help me out here. Like a rhyme scheme. Yeah, the scheme. Yeah. It has a scheme of a rap song. It's definitely it's in that kind of modern trap kind of wheelhouse in its beat. Mm-hmm. But the song is essentially a country song. Like if you took the lyrics. Literally, like, took them out and put them in a country song, no one would bat an eye. Uh, so, I looked him up on Spotify, which is where I played it. Mm-hmm. Um, he only has the one song, yeah. well, now two. Yeah. Um, his profile picture is him in denim on a, in a yeah. country hat. Right. Uh, everything underneath it, the other songs you may like, is country listed. Yeah. But when I played the song, the next song after it was a strict rap song. Yeah. By I forget who actually thinks a lot of I think this is just further evidence of the mono genre. Everything oh, yes. is becoming everything. You love your mono genre. I love the mono genre. It's true. It's a real thing. It it's is catch. Uh, but yeah. Uh, so this, uh, however you fall on it, it is your number one song this week. Yeah. All right. What else? 
Um, is in your top five singles. Other song. Well, that was your number one song. Number two is Sunflower by Post Malone and Sway yep. Lee. Three is Seven Rings by Arna Grande. Four is yeah. Wow, period, by Post Malone. Wow. And five is Without Me by Halsey. Yep. Everything moved down. Everything just moved down after the, the, the craziness of, of Old Town Road. Road. Yep. Now, meanwhile, on your Billboard 200. Um, uh, meanwhile, on our Billboard 200, I've got to um, give you some high five. Give you some praise. Because you called, called this. this. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to pick up the phone. <laughs> i got to pick up the phone because you called yeah, it. I, I called this two weeks ago. Yeah. Well, no, 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 last week. But yeah, technically. It feels like two weeks ago. Yeah, I knew this was going to happen. Yeah, but you called it because um, you did not give your review of it. No, yeah, I, I held on because I knew it would be number one this week. Yeah, so number one, being around the bush here, is When We Fall Asleep, Where Do We Go? by Billie Eilish. Number two is Victory Lap by Nipsey Hussle. Uh, getting that uh, yes posthumous, posthumous bump. Uh, bump. Uh, we have then we have thank you comma next by Ariana Grande at three, honky tonk time machine by George Strait at four, and death race for love by Juice World yes. at number five. Before we continue on, I have to interject here. You might notice that last week's number one, that the record by Nav. Has completely dropped off the top five. Yes. Also, I have now listened to it. Oh, so what is... Do you want to do it now or do you want to do it in your... I might as well just do it real quick. Okay. Why was this at the top? Because, hey, remember all those weeks I was talking about those people who want to be future? Yes. Add this guy to the list. Uh, Except he has an additional layer to him. So he's part of the XO squad. And if that sounds familiar... That may be because you've heard a Drake or The Weeknd song before. He is in league with that group of people. Ah. And so he actually has access to some pretty good production. There are some uh, sounds on this record that sound like peak Drake, like production-wise. Okay. Like when you think of like Take Care era Drake, like 2011, mm-hmm. uh, there's a lot of production that reminded me of that record. The only thing is that the actual songs are not as good. Uh, uh, the actual songs kind of fall into that kind of that future uh, role. In fact, there's even a song, guess what? The future shows up. Hey. Because future has to do a feature on, future feature has to be on every single one of these things. That being said, he does have his moments where he tries to do some more Drake-like sing-song uh, stuff, but like he's not as good at it. And also, just the subject matter, he, he uses um, his horniness as a crutch, and like most of the lyrics on this thing are just about all the things he's doing with women. And it's just like, all right, it's an hour in 10 minutes, another stupidly long record, just bloated with tracks. Again, not for me. It's pretty much just rewind everything I've said about these records before, like the boogie with the hoodie, and then the 21 Savage, and just all of those. Just loop them all because it's the same thing again. <laughs> it's just a different kind of take on that same idea. Okay, but that idea is hot, which is why it's yeah, getting people love it, and people will play. play it on Spotify. Meanwhile, speaking of things that people will want to play on Spotify, I have to talk about this week's number one. Okay, before we move on. All right. So, uh, Billie Eilish. Yes. So, uh, do you know anything about Billie Eilish? Do I know anything? Yeah, personally. Um, I know that's how you say its name. <laughs> Her name. Wow! Wow! Shots fired. Her name. Thank you. Okay. Uh, but I did also listen to this record. And did? Yes. <laughs> what did you think about this? I am very curious. 
uh, when well the first like half of this record, I thought, wow, this is just uh, Reputation by Taylor Swift. <laughs> okay, it's funny that you say this because my first two takes were kind of like 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 two sides of a coin. I said she's Lord's sad younger sister. Yeah, and or and or. She's the person that Taylor Swift was trying to be and failed at being on Reputation. Okay. Yeah, that is who Billie Eilish is. She is a genuine, actual teenage girl with genuine, actual teenage girl problems instead of Taylor Swift who pretends that she's still a teenage girl. Um, and she is, but she's also a, what you would call now, I guess, a Gen Zer. Uh, I guess that's where we're at, yeah. And so she's depressed and medicated. Yes, there is a legit song about um, Xanax. Wait, is it Xanax? Yeah, yeah Zanny. About how Zanny. she doesn't need them, though. Like, yeah. In a way, so like she's saying, like, I don't need this to, to have a good time. But the entire album kind of sent me, sent me down a kind of a rabbit hole. And I ended up having a conversation with someone uh, after I listened to this about, like, my, feeling, like, my feelings about this new generation of, like, young, like, uh, musical artists mm-hmm. and how I'm worrying that they're that there's almost like a fetishization about sadness and depression and substance abuse. And like, it got us into a whole like conversation about like, there was this big movement and I'll try to be as brief as possible, but I wanted to at least bring this up in the podcast. Um, there was this like this movement that at least like I thought was happening at the beginning of this decade. And they're like the early 2010s through to like, I think fairly recently, among like millennials that was all about posit- like positivity it was like about all about like these like oh no we're going to have this radical kindness we're going to like like don't it's not the Katy Perry it's not cool anymore to not care it's like caring became cool you had stuff like like Steven Universe mm-hmm. you had th- like things in the popular culture uh, mindset that were bringing this positivity and like I feel like the Gen Z stuff that's happening, like these younger kids who are like starting to make art, are rejecting that. And I, I know that a lot of the nihilism comes from this like political climate. I know a lot of it comes from growing up in this like these times that are harsher than well, they were yes. say, in the Obama years for us. Well, yes, I mean you um, have the, that difference of hope. We can do anything. Hope. Yeah. And versus now we're. It's Literally like lies no after lies right. after lies. What is, what and, is going on? But that kind of that conversation kind of evolved into, well, maybe and the person I was talking to, they they posited that may, maybe this is just generational change, like they noted, like it's the change that happened between where like the '90s '90s culture was also about nihilism mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. It was also about rejecting that, re- basically rejecting the positivity of like. Well, that's why we got grunge. The 70s. It was yeah. basically taking, like, everything that 70s, like, 60s and 70s culture had brought up as idealized and, like, basically questioning it. I mean, grunge is essentially the counter to classic rock. Or mm-hmm. at least it was. Which is now ironic because they play they play classic rock. Uh, uh, they grunge. play Nirvana on classic rock. Yeah. But anyways. Well, uh, when did Nirvana become classic rock? Apparently within the last 10 years. Uh, but yeah, um, so it, it, I think the ultimate conclusion we got to in that conversation was Billie Eilish told me I was old. Is basically she like it's I realized that I was old because I'm thinking about. It's funny you say that. I can't relate. I just cannot. It's relate funny to you the say sadness. that because as I was listening to the song, I was like, 
this sounds like reputation. If this is, and this sounds like Lord, and if this is what's popular, mm-hmm. I am no longer in with the popular. And I had that same moment. I had that same like moment of reckoning where I was like, is this, is this me like wanting to them to like adhere to? Is it? Am I having my principal Skinner know it's the kids you know, that are wrong that are moment, wrong. <laughs> or am I just getting really old? Am no, I, the kids are wrong. Don't worry, <laughs> we, we are right. <laughs> Yeah, so so anyways, I thought that was like an interesting thing. As for the actual music, I think the production's really well done. I think there were moments on that record that I was like, this sounds really, really cool. But yeah, I just had a problem getting into just the bleakness of it all. Like, Lord tackled a lot of the same kind of subjects on melodrama, but I feel like Lord is like a tad bit closer to our age bracket. Yeah. And so there's still like this element of hope to it. Like, I think the, the example of, of that is in her, uh, the song that she uses to close melodrama, Perfect Places. Mm-hmm. Like, the chorus is like, we're striving for these perfect places. We don't know what the hell they are. Like, we don't know even know what they, if they exist. But that's what we're doing. We're living in the moment because there's this goal. Billie Eilish seems to be just, and, and I'm assuming her, like, a lot of people around her age... They, there's this are basically it's so bleak that they don't have that goal like there's this recurring this is the last point I'll make is like the, there's this recurring theme through the through the record where she constantly references her friends like her like the fact that she's had to deal with a lot of deaths like her friends dying mm-hmm. and that it she doesn't necessarily blame drug overdoses she just treats it as this this blase thing that just happens in life she said multiple times in different songs, she's just like, oh yeah, people are dying around me. I'm just used to it now. And like, I just can't, I can't one, imagine that kind of life, and I can't two, I can't like commiserate with it because like it's so far out from my, my personal worldview. I'm like, I don't know, it's just something I just cannot relate to. <laughs> but yeah, it's just, it's, it's a completely different kind of, it's just like a completely like a lack of any kind of positivity and like, I don't know. It was weird. It was a weird moment. Matt, we're old. Yeah, we're getting old. We're old. Hey, I, I can I I listen <laughs> listen to it. I couldn't um, connect with any of it. <laughs> it just sounded like noise, and I think that's I mean, just again. Me. I think that a lot of the production work is very good, and she is very like smart with her choices. It. Mm. It's just that it's not for me. <laughs> it's. It's not, yeah, it's not for yeah. me. All right. All right. Now we can finally move on. What is for you? A.K.A., what are this week's new releases? Um, this week's new releases? I don't know. I thought we were still listening to last week's new releases. No. What are this week's new releases? Okay. Uh, well, this week, um, as we try and pick up the beat here, thanks for letting me down. <laughs> we'll get back to more thoughts later. Yes. Uh, but uh, as for new releases, we have Anderson.pack. <laughs> With Ventura, what what are they trying to say? <laughs> we get it, you're old. <laughs> As if the balding didn't give it away. Yeah. Uh, we also have <laughs> Bibio with Ribbons. Broken Social Scene with Let's Try the After, Volume 2. <laughs> BTS, uh, that is yeah, the, the uh, K-pop, group. K-pop group, BTS, with Map of the Soul, colon, Persona. The, no number after Persona, this isn't one of those... Uh, this is uh, just the name of yeah, the album. Yeah, just Persona. 
Maybe they'll get to Persona 5 eventually, but... The first one first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we get through the first one. Uh, then we have Glenn Hansard uh-huh. with this wild thing. Oh, okay. And then we have LSD with LSD. So you know what this is. It's... Uh, yes, this is drugs. No. This is L- uh, this LSD sound system? Like no, this is like a super group. This involves Sia... Uh, and two other artists, I think? Uh, one beginning with an L, one beginning with a D? Probably. But yeah, this is some sort of combination. I had, I had seen it on my recently played, and so I thought you would listen to a single off of this, and so that's why I thought you knew what this was. Oh, maybe I did. <laughs> maybe you did. Well, we don't need to dwell. Okay. We can move on. Alright. Uh, we also have Melissa Etheridge. Yes, that yeah, Melissa, that Etheridge, Melissa Etheridge. With The Medicine Show. And, finally, The Chemical Brothers, with no geography. I think that's geography. Geography. Okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, I just need to inject some interesting stuff in ah. here. Because we're going to talk about some music news. Hooray! Hooray. And first up in ah. music news, we're going to talk about the posthumous um, number two on the Billboard charts, Nipsey Hussle. Right, yes. Uh, so, uh, of course, following the sad news of his death, uh, they did find uh, the, the shooter. Uh, he is uh, getting his his due, I guess you could say. But not only that, he is being commemorated. Uh, Nip- Nipsey Hussle is. Yes, the intersection of Slauson Avenue and Crenshaw Boulevard will be renamed in honor of the late Nipsey Hussle. The intersection is near the site where Hussle legal name... Uh, Ermias Ashton. Good job. I believe close enough. I believe that's close enough, and I believe that's why he went by Nipsey Hussle. Uh, was murdered in front of his store, um, Marathon Clothing. Uh, the uh, an, an LA City Council member, Marquise Harris Dawson, announced that the intersection will become Ermias Nipsey Hussle Ashton Square. Uh, that is a mouthful. I'm sure most people will just call it Nipsey Hussle Square. I am pretty sure people will call it Enhas. E-N-H-A no. Square? <laughs> Enhas Square? You just made it more complicated by shortening it. Possibly. <laughs> uh, anyways, the decision came off the heels of an online petition to change the intersection uh, the intersection's name in honor of Nipsey Hussle. Mm-hmm. So yeah, this is this is a, this is really quick. It is, uh, which was surprising so me. Is it just the corner me. or the intersection? The intersection. So I don't think what I think they're they're using that term to say they're, they're not actually going to replace the streets. No, I think signs, they'll, they'll put like the signs a, will remain the same. It'll just be like a plaque a probably plaque. nearby that'll yeah. say that, that this is what this is. Probably. That's my guess. I mean, just rename that store center whatever yeah or like yeah the entire like maybe the little center there yes well yeah it's a good way to remember it's a good it. way yeah all right uh moving on all right we're it's festival season it is festivus is upon us yes deep into festival season except uh one of the major draws to one of the biggest festivals has uh, dropped out so while most people will be going to see grammy award winning Casey Musgraves at Coachella yes. for Album of the Year, yeah. Golden right. Hour yes. at Coachella. Yes. Um, we'll be watching on YouTube, by the way. By the way, you can watch all Coachella streams on YouTube yeah, if you le- decide not to go. It's the much less smelly alternative. It's also the much less cheaper alternative. <laughs> <laughs> less cheaper? Way more cheaper. 
I think like I think you have to pay the um, YouTube Red to to watch it. Oh really? Do you? Maybe because it's live. I don't but think you did last year. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, it's, are it's they new. changing the rules? They may be changing the rules. They may not. I'm not completely certain on that. Hope not. But uh, yeah, YouTube will be live streaming uh, the Coachella concert. But who will I not be able to see? Uh, Beyonce. Also. Sister. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Uh, you got there. Yes, um, I had to trip over some stuff, but uh-huh. uh, Solange has said so long to Coachella. Okay, real quick, I did not read this copy. Was that you or is that Variety? No, that was me. Okay, thank God. <laughs> Why? I was worried for a second that that was written in a professional story. Okay, it was close. I'm sorry. I'll make the joke where You're I can. You're terrible, Solange. Yeah. Yes. All right. I will make it wherever I can. Says Sayonara. Yes. Uh, Solange has canceled her Coachella performance due to, quote, major production delays. Major production delay? Yes. The festival announced Sunday evening, um, which is weird because literally it's a week away from the concert. Yeah. Um, Quote, due to major production delays, Solange will unfortunately no longer be performing at this year's festival. Yeah. Uh, she sends her sincerest apologies and looks forward to performing at Coachella in the future. I wonder if she's pregnant because this is what prevented uh, Beyonce from performing. All right. I don't know if that's necessarily the case. But it happened to Beyonce. Uh, I'm more... I, when I heard saw this story, I immediately... My thought process went to a couple things. My, uh, my first thought was is that maybe there was some sort of element of her stage design that she was having a hard time with actual producers at production, like at Coachella, which mm-hmm. is why they use production delays. Right. Because the production delays are not on her side because her part is basically to show up and have them put on the show she wants. It has to be some sort of complications between her and Coachella's staff. But if they can do whatever it is they did for Kanye, for mm-hmm. Beyonce... For Lord, for Future, or whoever that guy was with the ninja, or um, The Weeknd. Or, I don't know or, what you're talking about. Um, Are you thinking of Kendrick Lamar? Kendrick Lamar. Thank you. I was, like, I was getting going? there. You are getting there, slowly. You were like square in. You were like the, the circle in a battle royale. You were getting there. Um... <laughs> Um, but yeah, they had very elaborate stage setups. Well, I just don't know. This comes out of nowhere, and it's so weird. But also, my second thought is either that or some, or like also maybe somebody finally listened to that Solange record because it is very, very good. But I do not know how that will work at a festival stage. Well, I mean, it's it's a different Musgraves is not really a yeah, and that's the other question. You said having seen her at Stagecoach, it was not the vibe. Like, that the crowd was ready for. Right, but she also wasn't a headliner. Solange is a headliner. Well, technically, she's not a headliner. She but, was not the biggest name of her night. Wait, I thought she was the no, biggest no, name no. of her night. No, she was not. Okay. Uh, she was on the next level. She okay. was a headliner, not one of the headliners, okay. if that makes any sense. All right, I thought I saw her name. No, she call. wasn't the capitalized name. Okay. Uh, but yeah, uh, regardless, it's a big loss. It is. Um, but, for those of you who still plan on going to the festival, because this will not draw you away, <laughs> you can see other okay acts. Tell me who I can see. I theory. mean, 
I guess if you want and spend a thousand dollars or whatever yep. the ticket is. Yes. I mean, I'm sure now it's a thousand dollars. Probably ridiculous. Uh, but don't buy it off Craigslist. Yeah. Don't, don't don't do that. <laughs> no. Uh, but I mean, I guess you you could see Childish Gambino. You could. You, you could his final uh, tour appearance. Uh, you you could see Tame Impala. If you want. You could see Ariana Grande. Yeah. I mean, I guess yeah. those are some decent headliners. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah. Or you know, if you're not into them, I mean, you could you could also um, see Janelle Monae. Yeah. Uh, Khaled. Khalid. You did this last one. I'll do it every single time. <laughs> Zed, Weezer. Jay Balvin. I like how you're presenting all of these as questions. Billie Eilish. I don't know, maybe. Kanye West. Well, that has an asterisk on it. What is, that's a big question. Mark. What is Kanye doing? Um, he's not invited. No, he but, invited himself. Yeah, so uh, he will be preaching instead, <laughs> as he will do a special performance on Easter service. Yeah, they, they technically announced this last week. We did not talk about it on the podcast. Well, that's because we're going to cover it right now. But yeah, uh, this is a thing that's happening. Yes, Kanye will perform <laughs> Easter Sunday. A quote, East, a Sunday service, unquote, is how he's been referring to it. I guess if you want to go see that. I wonder <laughs> if he's going to play I Am a God <laughs> for Easter Sunday. <laughs> no, probably not. No? <laughs> I imagine this will probably be Black like skinhead? spirituals. I imagine that this will probably have ultralight beam in it. Probably. Like, he'll probably have some gospel singers. I bet Chance the Rapper will show up. Uh, in India? Maybe not. Sure, why not? It's too white. Coachella is too... No. <laughs> I can't say that. <laughs> I don't know where you're going to go with that. Uh, yeah, so I don't know. Yeah, uh, that's a weird thing. Yeah, you don't have Casey Musgraves in this uh, list here. I didn't write it. Okay, weird. They don't have Casey Musgraves in this <laughs> list here. Thank you. You don't um, me. I mean, current Grammy Award winning Album of the Year artist Casey Musgraves and Country Music Album of the Year artist, or female artist. Yeah, I artist. didn't actually cover this, but yes, the ACM, the Academy of Country Music Awards, also happened this week. Casey took home Album of the Year there as well. Yes. Uh, so she did the 3 P. Yes, she 3 P. it. However... Um, Entertainer of the Year, which is the big nominee, or that's big the, winner there. That's the CMAs, not the ACMs. No, 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 this was the CMAs. No, this was the ACMs. Well, they do Entertainer of the Year. Yeah, like a while ago. No, I just watched it. Oh, they do, it they was do Entertainer of the Year at yes, both? Yes, there's Entertainer of the Year. <laughs> Why are there two, then? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> they don't need to Anyways, two of those things. She, she wasn't nominated for no. Entertainer of the no, Year. No, of course not. No, it was all guys nominated. It's traditionally all men. Yes. There was that one year at the CMAs where Taylor Swift won. Right, for some reason. <laughs> uh, but, no, um, this year it went to... Uh, oh, God, why am I blanking on his name? Uh, 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 not country, but country. That's literally all of them. I know. Brian. No. Jason Aldean. No. They were nominated, but they didn't win. Uh, uh, he's married to Nicole Kidman. Keith Urban. Yeah, that guy. Because <laughs> Nicole Kidman was there. Okay, you remember Nicole Kidman. Because she was there. And she was wearing that super revealing dress. Uh, well, that's why you remembered, I see. Yeah. Got it. Also, Casey Musgraves was there. That's also, also why I remember here. Yeah. Oh, also, she... I forgot. <laughs> Speaking of this these This is the people, most rambly, I think, the music segment has ever been. Probably. to say that. But I just remembered. <laughs> um, I forgot this in sports. But yes. um, 
Alex Morgan, Alex Morgan scored her 100th goal. Hey, congratulations! Talking about people I'm constantly looking at. <laughs> hey, <laughs> she scored a nice goal. Just keep remembering, your fiance is watching this. Yes, she is. <laughs> Anyways, yes, right. My fiance is watching this, and that brings us to thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, what did we listen to that you haven't already talked? About? Uh, so, I need to make a correction. Oh, we don't have a correction segment on this show. Well, I do. What kind of co- what kind of podcast has correct... Actually, no. plenty do. Okay, um, so last <laughs> week I was talking about greetings from... Ta-ta-ta. Jake. Jake, the Jake Owen soundtrack. Yes. And it had that one song on it okay. uh, that I said was super familiar. Right. So, I did a little research Is on it. Is it a cover? No. No? It is the exact same song. I heard he premiered this song last year. Got it. Okay. Uh, so like like one year ago. You had just heard it. And he was at Stagecoach last year and I uh-huh. heard it there. Got it. Live. And so and it didn't come out until this year's album, which is why it sounded so familiar. I see. It's because he'd already put the song out. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, so besides that, sticking with country, I have thoughts on other stuff. Alright, what do you got? Um, Brooks and Dunn. Uh, oh, right, this thing. Put out a new album of their hits. They played the hits with current um, yes. uh, country artists. They rebooted their songs. Um, which and is guess what it's called? Re- reboot. <laughs> Get it? It's called Reboot. Boots. <laughs> Boots because country. Yep. Uh, yeah, uh, they got a bunch of country hits artists I on listened there. to one of these. I listened to the Casey Musgraves uh, feature, yeah. uh, uh, Neon Moon. Yes. Very, very good. It is. It seems like she got her fingerprints on the actual like production of that thing. And oh, it sounds like it could have been slotted right in on uh, uh, Golden Hour. It feels like a lot of these uh, song mm-hmm. artists, these artists, put their own take. They didn't just want to do a mm-hmm. sing-along with Brooks and Dunn. Right. They put their own take on it. Uh, Thomas Rhett did My Maria. Not Thomas Rhett. Yeah. Thomas that Rett. sounds right. Yeah, Thomas Rhett. That sounds like a, do- a yeah. guy. You're probably correct. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he, he did his own take on My Maria uh-huh. and it definitely sounds like a Thomas Fred song but <laughs> it also sounds like a like My Maria a Brooks and Dunn a Brooks and Dunn so is, are all the songs since I only listened to the the, case of the one song yeah, I have a question about how all these work do all of them have like the, the featured artist and then out of nowhere Ronnie Dunn creeps up on them yes, from behind for, for the chorus <laughs> Yes, Because yes. that's what I imagined happening. I imagine Casey just in the recording booth, and then Ronnie Dunn, with his majestic mullet, comes in and just, like, goes, like, sneaks up next to the mic and just starts singing the harmony. <laughs> yeah, they, yeah, Brooks and Dunn come in for the chorus part. Also, my question, since, <laughs> since he isn't doing any of the singing, what is Kix Brooks doing? Is he just sitting there? <laughs> watching while this all happens? He's producing it. <laughs> He's on the other side of the glass. But that album is out if you want to listen to Brooks and Dunn Modernized yes. or Rebooted, however you want to put it. Rebooted. All right. It's fun. Um, I also listened to Admits the Chaos by Sarah Bareilles. Yes, a new Sarah Bareilles record. Yeah, new Sarah Bareilles record. Um, this song made me feel like I was in a jazz cafe. Well, you mean album. Yes, this this album made me feel like I was in a jazz club. Are you telling me this is something that w- they would be playing in a Starbucks? Yes. Okay. Is it going to play in a Starbucks? <laughs> be playing in any little coffee house? 
I'd say if Sarah Perales was not a big name, uh-huh. this would be the album put on the piano waiting for you to come pick it up. <laughs> that is such a specific thing. It is. She is such a specific artist. Somebody is she playing is this a, at the Nordstrom's uh, during uh, Christmas time, is what you're yeah. saying. Yeah. She is right. a singer-songwriter. This is a very <laughs> singer-songwriter album. Uh, I... That, that's all you can say about it. It's, <laughs> that is depressing. The, the songs are kind of depressing. No, no. Well, I know. It's not... There's no real upbeat song on it. It's just kind of like there. But I did it, I did enjoy listening to it. Okay. It was a nice bit of change of pace. Super jazzy vibes I got. Let's see it. Uh, especially that. on the piano. Uh, there's no like super like brass instruments coming in, but it definitely got like a jazz vibe listening to it. Okay. But like a cool jazz vibe. So it's like an easy listening kind of thing. Definitely an easy listening to album. Like I said, definitely something you can put in the background and you're not going to worry about it, but you're also not going to necessarily like pay super close attention to it. It's like a baseball game. <laughs> wow. Sarah Bareilles makes the baseball game of music. Well, like I said, it's like a jazz, jazzy kind of album right. where it's like smooth listening. Oh, Easy listening. That sounds okay, actually. Yeah, it's okay. It sounds relaxing. There are things in... There's some, the time I've life listened to worse. If, if we're putting this on a scale, I have yeah. listened to worse. I mean, haven't we all? <laughs> yes, we have. <laughs> Uh, but anyway. uh, we, we need to kind of start wrapping this thing up. I know we're going long. We have one more segment though, and it's a video game. All right, I think we can go through this pretty quickly. I think so. Do we have any other thoughts on music? Uh, I listed some other stuff, but it's not mainstream enough to talk about. Okay, any other like music tidbit news stuff? Mm, no, no, really. All right, let's keep going. Okay, let's keep going. Video then. games. Video games. Let's talk about some James. All right, we have new releases for video games. What are our new releases this week? Uh, well, you could be playing Hellblade: Colon Senwa's Sacrifice for the Switch. Yes, uh, this has already been released on uh, Xbox and PlayStation Four. Uh, if you are dying for a Switch uh, version of this, here's your chance. All right, we also have Earth Defense Force: Colon Iron Rain for yes. the PlayStation. Another Earth Defense Force game, so a lot of shooting giant bugs. Uh, we also have World War Z for the PlayStation and X- Xbox and PC. This this is not related to the movie or the book. No, this is for what I understand has been long gestating and was kind of in development hell for a while. But yes, is based independently on the books. Okay. Based on the books, not yeah. on the film. I think so. Okay. And it was supposed to launch alongside the movie way back when, and I think things happened. Yeah, and, and as we noted, deal went, didn't go through. And as we that. noted two weeks ago, yeah, um, that deal uh, there's no longer going to be a World War Z two, which I guess is when they right, that got wanted canned. it. And this one is like, I guess, the one thing that came out of it. I guess so. Um, we also have Anno eighteen hundred. Yep, uh, for the PC, another one of those uh, historically accurate strategy games. Yep, and Final Fantasy X. And X2. That's HD 10 and 10 remaster. Too. Those are the HD remasters. For uh, the Xbox and Switch. Yes, they've already been on Sony platforms. They're coming for the first time to Switch and yep. Uh, Xbox. Yep. Um, and that's it. Those are your new releases. Those are your new releases. Uh, well, let's get right into news. news. And we start with the Microsoft or the Xbox. Yes. As Microsoft will be airing. 
all new episodes. Yes, this is an episodes of <laughs> Inside Xbox. Yes. On Tuesday, April 16th. Is this their version of a treehouse? Uh, give or take, yes. I mean, all three platform holders now have this kind of thing, a direct-to-consumers video series. Okay. Then this is Microsoft's. All right. They've been doing it for a while. Well, you can see this on April 16th at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time. The only reason why we're mentioning it is because... Because they will talk about its plans for E3 coming up in two months. Three they months? are the only of the three platform, or I guess now four, platform holders, <laughs> um, unofficial, um, uh, that are actually having a presence at E3. Yes. Uh, they'll uh, uh, Show-wise. Yes, they will announce their plans for E3 and Xbox Fan Fest. Uh, the hour-long show will also share some Xbox Game Pass news and give more information on their... Basically, one of only um, exclusive games, Sea of Thieves, anniversary mm-hmm. update. Yeah. Uh, there will be first details and footage from the Warhammer Chaos Bane beta, <laughs> which is a great name. That is a good name. Uh, and an exclusive look at Bethesda's upcoming first-person shooter, Rage 2. Yes. More Rage. That's not the subtitle you made that up. Yes, Rage 2 Rager. <laughs> No, still not. Okay. Rage 2. <laughs> Cruise control. Rage All right, we're done. Control. Two Rage, two two. <laughs> no. Uh, the Coalition Studio head, Rod Ferguson, will also stop by. Those will be your the, Gears of War people. He'll talk Gears of War 5. Yes. And there will be some Xbox One backwards combati- compatibility announcements. Oh. I thought this was already backwards compatible. Maybe there's more games Maybe that are more. added to that deal. Plus, Xbox said there are, quote, several surprises we're saving for the show. Is this when you think they are going to finally talk about the uh, Game Pass and Xbox Live on Switch stuff? Maybe. Do you I'm, think this is when they do that at E3? Because I think that would make most sense at E3. I believe this is where they reveal Scalebound. They have... Anna. Hell no. <laughs> no. Yes. No. Yes. Scalebound is dead. No. Never not coming dead. back. Is not dead. The developing team is still working on the game. No, it doesn't exist. Yes. You lie. <laughs> Don't lie to our listeners like that. What else? Uh, what else could they announce? No, what else in news? Oh, what else in news? Uh, we jump over <laughs> from Microsoft to the Nintendo. Just like what's going to happen in E3 when they announce that news. Yes. Uh, so, uh, I did actually leave one thing off of the new releases. Okay. That is the Nintendo Labo Toy-Con 4 VR kit for the Switch. Yes, and the reason for that is because that ties directly into this story. Yes. Uh, as the Legend of Zelda, colon, Breath of the Wild, uh, on the Switch, can soon be experienced in VR. So yeah, this is kind of a follow-up. We talked about the Nintendo Labo VR stuff last week, uh, just kind of telling you that it existed. Uh, this week, now we know uh, it's coming out, um, and it's going to actually have compatibility with some of the existing Switch games, which we did not anticipate beforehand. Right. Uh, VR can be turned on and off easily in Breath of the Wild, as demonstrated in the VR reveal trailer. See below. You have below here. <laughs> uh, players. <laughs> <laughs> Just immediately move on. 
Players will not need to start a new game or a save file to experience the game in VR. This is super cool. Yeah. Uh, super Mario Odyssey will also be getting an update which allows you to play a few of the mini missions in VR. Uh, quote, with a free software update for the Super Mario Odyssey game and the Toy-Con VR goggles from the Nintendo Labo, uh, Mario uh, will be bite-sized bound bonus experienced <laughs> in the simple family-friendly VR. Um, this is a bunch of copy jargon here. Yeah, it is. Okay. Uh, so, I have two minds about this. I think that it's a good thing that they're updating existing games as little as they can because yes. of course they weren't developed with this in mind yes uh but for, for for to use with this vr but there are two major issues major issues with the uh, nintendo's approach to vr that will ruin this for people one the, the 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 pixel resolution of the switch screen is extremely low and the way that vr technology works is basically you have to split that resolution between the two sides of the screen when you divide it into so VR. it's already going to be split so on a halving you're having the uh the resolution of these already low resolution games yes do note that when um the switch is hd it's only HD when it's plugged in. <laughs> no, no, no. It's still 1080p, even on that screen, on the handheld screen. Um, it's low. But it's, it's, like... a, it's a lower pixel density. Yeah. It's how they get away with that resolution. The resolution is the same, but the complexity of the actual pixels in the game is at a lower quality. Because there's a little bit of performance boost, like you said, when it's in its dock. Uh, so, yeah, that already diminished... Like, diminished returns get even more diminished when you put it into VR mode. Second thing, there is no strap or, like, thing holding the Labo VR headset to your face. You basically have to hold it up the whole time. Which means that there's going to be... No, uh, there's going to be something. No, that's not in the kit is what I'm saying. Okay. You have to make your own if you want to do that. Okay. The kit itself, you have to hold it to your screen. It's designed for little, as they say with the Mario bite-sized experiences okay so even though you can in the theory play the entirety of breath of the wild in vr will you want to when it will compromise your controls so much probably not probably not so, i mean yeah. that's when you like put it on the ground and then just like stare at it like this or you get a stand now bear with me for a second you get a stand you put the headset on the stand and you get your table like right here so you're looking at it oh wait nintendo did that already Oh, wait, in 1995? Oh, wait, it was called the Virtual Boy? Oh, whoops. Sorry. Are you done showing your age <laughs> for the fifth time this, I know, this podcast? Old. I know. You get it. <laughs> anyways. Anyways. Um, they should really just put out ports of Virtual Boy. So, um, anyways, I agree with that, this dude. was kind of figured out that uh, <laughs> Nintendo could have could do VR with this, seeing as it is a portable <laughs> screen and, like, I almost wait, wait. to call this VR. I want to almost say Joy-Con? that this is, quote, VR, unquote. Like, every time we talk about the Nintendo stuff, it's... It's, it's not VR lady worth? thing. It's not VR lady worth? No, not even <laughs> VR lady worth. I don't know. We'll see what else they do with it, but so far, it don't impress me much. Okay. To Shania. Thank, thank you, Shania. Yeah. Anyways. Anyways, um, that, brings that, us, that brings us to thoughts. Did you play any video games? This I time? I beat um, Devil May Cry Five. Oh sweet, you finished it. Yeah, uh, I had all to. characters or just one? 
Uh, well, no, it's the story's intertwined, so it's not oh, like... Oh, okay. So it's by not, the end of it, you end By up. the end of it, I kind of beat it all. Okay. It's not like with um, Kingdom Hearts Birth by Sleep, where it's mm-hmm. individual stories you have to complete from the beginning to end. No, it's... You start as this character, then we'll switch you over to a different character, then we'll switch you over to a different character. Okay. Um, that has storytelling problems. <laughs> you don't say. Yeah, storytelling's not, not this strong suit. No, not quite. Um, Turns out. I kind of figured out uh, what the twist was uh, in the game. I actually mentioned it last episode before I reached the, the, the twist. Uh, because I just figured that out by playing the game. Um, one thing I don't like that it does is it allows you to power up one of the characters. But then, spoiler alert, the character you powered up, you eventually fight him. So it's like, wait, but, but then why did I spend all those points powering up? I could have powered up the guy I'm going to keep. That's an interesting twist. It is interesting. Yeah. But then why, like, all that, all that stuff I invested into them, yeah, it helped me complete the levels that I played them as. Easy, more easy, <laughs> but you easier. didn't anticipate he would be your enemy. But I could have used those power levels to <laughs> on guys that are gonna help me out in the end game. Well, now you know for new game plus. Uh, yeah, well, probably. Probably, not. I'm not gonna play this yeah. thing more. But um, yeah, <laughs> I realized uh, I watched some more uh, introspectives on the Devil May Cry series. Mm-hmm. Turns out the one I did play was three because it's the one that introduced Virgil, and that's why I that recognized that name. Yeah. Okay. Um. But yeah, it's it's a solid game. This is technically the second in a reboot. Devil May Cry 4 was a soft reboot. Devil May Cry 5 is kind of like the official passing of the torch. And it definitely feels like that game. Well, listen, in between those games, you also had DMC, which was in itself also a attempted reboot of the series. Right. But people this are very def- divided about. Yeah, I feel like this, though, is a... Like a clean handoff. Yeah. You don't get that very much in video games or even in film. This feels like it's a clean handoff. Like here, okay. our story, like the story of Dante and Virgil, mm-hmm. has concluded. They're going to go fight demons in the demon world now. Okay. It's up to new character Nero, who you've played with in four and kind of takes center stage in five, will now essentially be the main character going forward. And I like that I felt that handoff. I felt like, yes, I I got that conclusion with Dante and his story. Mm-hmm. Now I like what they're doing with Nero and the potential future stories they can tell with the Devil May Cry series. Cool. Well, I'm glad you had fun with it. So me saying that this has story problems, mm-hmm. yes. In, the, in, between, in between story beats, it has story problems. Mm-hmm. But the arcs in these games are still pretty solid. Cool. Yeah. All right. Then, yeah, over-the-top action gameplay is still there. Uh, Still does the Devil May Cry thing that you want it to do. Yeah, but it does it really well. Oh, so, yeah, uh, while I was looking at introspectives, the game developer for this one, uh, Devil May Cry 5, is the same company that did Heavenly Sword back on the PlayStation 3. Oh, yeah. Remember when Heavenly Sword came out and what like didn't have a sequel? Yeah. Yeah. This is that company. Those guys. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. It is cool. I thought, like, oh, yeah, I remember that game. Yeah. Oh, this is a nice, like, all of a sudden reveal of what they've been doing. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, they've been uh, well in the, like, hack and slash. Um, the character game action game. Character action yes. game. That's what they do. 
Yeah. All right, cool. But I like it. Uh, and do you play anything else? No, I didn't have time to play anything okay. else. I played nothing but more of that uh, Picross game, the, the Konami Pixel Puzzle Collection. Were you able to explain what Picross is? Uh, kind of. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm not even like, I'm like a third... Like, it has a percentage in the corner about how much, like, of the game you've completed, and I'm only a third in. Yeah, okay. Yeah, like, I have so much of this game, and it's so fun, it just never ends. It's just never-ending Pacross. And, like, it's the hint system gives you free hints. Yeah. Like, every ten minutes, you just have to wait for a cooldown timer. Yeah, okay. It's probably the best mobile Pacross game I've ever played. Oh. I'll put that. So if you guys, like, yeah, if anybody's looking for a free, really good Pacross game on a phone, this is totally it. But if you're looking for just a free good game, I kind of downloaded um, Pandemic Inc. again. Okay. For like the fifth time. <laughs> yeah. I somehow I keep going back to it. Like I'll, I'll play it for a solid month and a half, to realize it's taking up too much space, delete it, and then like <laughs> like six to eight months later, I'll like, oh yeah, that was a fun game. I'll just replay that. Let's do that again. Yeah. Uh, apparently, the same company who did that came out with one uh, for the body. It's called uh, Bio Inc. That makes sense. So, yeah. Uh, well, it's funny because I thought it was bionic because it had, like, the cross <laughs> in the middle. It's like, uh, oh, it's just, it's the N. Or bi- biotic. But no, it's bi- it's bio-ink. <laughs> That's funny. Okay. Well, that'll do it. Yeah. Uh, and that will do it for us. Yeah. Turns out, in the video games means the end of the podcast. All right. Plug away. This has been the Media Boat Podcast. If you want to see us again, and I know you do. Yeah, you do. We are live on YouTube every Wednesday night between 6 and 7 p.m. Pacific time. Tune in by going to YouTube.com and searching for Media Boat Podcast. You'll find our page there. Like and subscribe, and you'll get notifications when we go live. Yes, uh, as we noted uh, in the beginning, people chat with us, and you can chat back. Yes, talk to us. Ask us questions. We'll answer them to our best ability. If you'd rather listen to the audio version and you don't want to see our faces, uh, understandable. And second, you can find that. (laughs) You can find the audio version via podcast form on Apple Podcasts or any similar RSS feed driven podcast machine. Just type in Media Boat and you'll find us, hopefully. You can also see us on social media. At, on Twitter, we're at Media Boat Cast. Facebook, search Media Boat Podcast. We'll find our page. Like and comment on there. You can find us on twitch.tv slash Media Boat when we're playing video games. You can find us on patreon.com slash Media Boat if you want to help us out with moolah money if you want to donate you can donate as little as a dollar a month to us that goes straight into making the show better than it already is um and get making uh and goes to us making content that we haven't even thought about yet so please go and help us out uh we greatly appreciate any help that we can get we are doing this completely for free we are not uh, gaining any money from this we do not have ads as you may have noticed so patreon is our one form of um, of uh, like compensation for the work we put into this podcast and we still have not earned any dollars so please go on to patreon.com if you can donate as little as a dollar that's like a fraction of a thing so I looked at our um, website today mm-hmm. well not our website but our um, pod, Podbean website uh, we have officially 202 episodes yeah. Um, this is 170, which means we have about 30 special episodes so, yeah. scattered throughout there. We have hours of entertainment, hours for you to discover. So please, go on to any of the places I said just now. Discover, tell your friends, donate if you can. 
And yeah, we'll be back no matter what, though, next week for another episode. I will be gone, so Mike will be on his Wait, own. you're leaving next this week? I will be leaving on Tuesday. <gasps> So, yes, I will not be here for the usual podcast. So, yes. um, All right. Tune in next Wednesday for some sort of media book podcast. Um, Something will happen. I'll I'll get someone on here. We'll get somebody on there. Yes. All right. And uh, so for for now, peace out. All right. Thank you all for tuning in. See you. Bye. Bye.